At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023, and of course, you can't let this moment pass without mentioning it. It's September 11th, 9-11, 22nd anniversary of the World Trade Center attack, and I remember it very well. I'm sure everybody who's ever saw it or was around at that time remember it very well. Um, it was an attack on the Twin Towers in New York City and then on the Pentagon, uh, and, it, and it killed over 3,000 Americans, injured 6,000 more. There were four planes hijacked, three hit their targets. But one other, Flight 93, believed to be stolen in order to attack the U.S. Capitol, crashed in a field in Pennsylvania, brought down by the actions of the 40 passengers and the crew. Of course, they all lost their lives, too. And of course, the terrorist attack of 9-11 caused the United States to begin a military engagement in Afghanistan, and we all know the history of that, I believe. I'm Steve Peasley on this program and podcast. I will, providing, will be providing useful data and my unbiased perspective developed from more than 50 years of investing experience. My objective is to help you become a better investor. It's a pretty simple objective, and I think I can do that. To accomplish it, I have a mix of educational and actionable material to touch base on on today. And, of course, your contributions in the form of questions and comments are always a vital and important part of the show. Okay, we need that. Before I talk about today's market performance and run down the, plan, plan, the, run down the planned show topics, let's listen to our first caller question. That it was a voicemail. Hello, Steve and Justin. I would like to ask you about a good entry point for Dominion Energy, if there is any. The price has been basically split in two since the last year, and it was 80 now in the 40s. I would like to know if this is a good entry point or if you see more um, more problems with this company in the future. Thank you for all you do. Okay, Dominion Energy out of Richmond, Virginia. Everybody, it's a you know it's a pretty big company, forty billion. So it's a big cap company, very large. Um, they pay a very nice dividend, five point six percent. Engaged in power generation, electronic services in the Northeast and Mid Atlantic. It makes money. It's going to make. It made four dollars eleven cents in two thousand twenty-two. This year, per share, $3.58, so that's down 13%. Next year, $3.45, and it's a $47 stock. So the forward P.E. is around 13th, which is on the low side for the company. Their range is 12 to 23, their P.E. range, and being a forward P.E. of 13 is pretty low. Uh, they're still growing, even though sales growth in the most recent quarter fell to 6%. Before, that was in the 20s or higher. 
So, you know, it's fallen off a bit. And, and I, I think, you know, I, I think it's going to still have some problems. But remember, it's an energy power generation company. They they weather recessions pretty good if we have one. Uh, but you wanted an entry point. And let's see, an entry point. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is a pretty decent entry point. It should should hold here. The next one below this is thirty. Okay, so it's either going to hold this forty-seven to fifty-dollar area or fall down to thirty. Okay, so I would probably wait a few days of sideways trading or up trading before I jump into it. You want to see it gain some strength, and it's not yet. It's still falling. It's in a clear falling pattern. It's getting weak. Let it let it finish getting weak. Wherever that take, you know, let it stop. Let it go sideways. That's what I would do. Keep in mind that today, as always, will I will prov- be providing useful data on my unbiased and uh, my unbiased perspective on things, and of course, I've developed that over many, many years of experience. So we've we got a lot of ground to cover here, everybody. So we are going to cover a lot of it. Um, first of all, my focus point is: Does the U.S. stock market look more attractive following the pullback? The sell-off and rising underlying valuations result in a great U.S. market discount. Does it? Are we there? Also, I got. Uh, I want to talk about Google and their their antitrust lawsuit that went started trial today. Also, consumers in the U.S. are going to hit a wall. That's according to to a number of investors in a survey. And is housing going to crash? We've talked about this often. On, I talk about housing a lot because every many of you, not everyone, but many of you own houses or are looking to buy a house or looking to buy up someday. And so housing is a pretty important sector for our economy. So I always I, I bring it up quite often just to keep you abreast of what's happening, what's developing in that area. The market was up today. The Dow was up uh, 87, the NASDAQ was up 156, and the S&P was up 30, so we had a pretty decent day today, nothing major, but it was nice to have an up day, and, you know, that's always a good thing. I think uh, Friday was a mixed market day, so that's good. We like that, okay? 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody, 888-992-4278. Uh, and I'm now here waiting, wanting your calls. Uh, and don't forget, as we had to break, uh, we you've heard me talk about InvestTalk Classroom Series. It is streaming now for free on YouTube channel. The topic for Episode 5 is how to invest in recessionary times. Okay? Um, it explores, it talks about what is a recession and what kinds of recessions there are and what's, you know, compared with a financial crisis. Is that automatically a recession or going into recession? Those kinds of things. Okay, remember, all you have to do is search Invest Talk Classroom. Invest Talk Classroom. And now my phone lines are open as they always are, waiting for your calls, 888 99Chart. Justin Klein talks about the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. I want to remind you that this is a time where you probably need some guidance and you're tuning in to try to get our view of the markets. And we only have an hour here and and sometimes 
the way I distill each day can be maybe not enough, maybe not enough time. And so our premium newsletter is a great tool for especially newer investors trying to learn some things. The KPP Financial Premium Newsletter comes to your mailbox every Saturday. Learn how to analyze the market, learn what the economic numbers mean, learn how to manage a portfolio, maybe get an idea of what are good companies to be at least looking at. Maybe you don't buy it today, but you should always have a watch list of companies that, hey, these are interesting. These have good businesses. And if they get the right price, maybe I should buy them. So our newsletter is a great tool for that. Subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions. So don't forget to call. And if you've never called, Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Robert in Pleasanton. Hi, Robert. Hey there, Steve. Hey, I was wondering if you could take a look at this stock. It's... Uh... S as in Sam, E as in Elephant, V as in Victor, N as in Nancy. Okay. It's a very high-yielding stock, but I'm just wondering if it's maybe a little too good to be true. Probably, but it is high-yielding. Uh, Seven Hills Realty Trust is the name of the company. It's a $160 million company. And the reason why I say probably because it's really small, right? $160 million that most most of the other companies in the S&P 500 could buy this company with pocket change. So that makes it much more risky. They make money. They've made money a long time and you know, they made they're going to make a dollar 50 this year after a dollar 89 last year and a dollar 44 next year. So earnings have been coming down 3 or 4 years in a row, but sales have been going up. Sales up 78% in the June quarter, up 66% in the quarter before that, and over 100% in all the quarters before that. So, very small company, Just and you've got to consider it a growth company because of the sales growth. And they're paying a 12.8% dividend. Now, it's a $10.91 stock, so can it afford a 12% dividend? It probably can't, but it's taken like 70% of their Earnings, that's what I worry about uh, the most, is that it's taking a big chunk. But, you know, you, I can't, I worry about a company this small being able to maintain that size of a dividend. And my gut feeling is it probably can't, but it certainly is a very reasonably priced growth company. So I think it's, I think you could take a shot at this, knowing full well you're taking a pretty high risk because it's so small. And the growth rate is pretty, in sales, is pretty spectacular. I kind of like that. Management owns 14%. Hardly any mutual funds, though. Only 17 mutual funds are involved. So, you know, they only own 8%, which is pretty small. But I kind of like what I see, Robert. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. My focus point looks it looks at a story behind the question, does the stock market look more attractive following a pullback. And I will say this in general, stock markets always look better. (laughs) Okay? Always they look better after a pullback. Why? Because of the pullback. You know, um, think about it. 
why, why does a stock go down? Usually it's going down, usually because the investors are looking forward and they don't like what they see. Usually in the economy, they think their earnings are going to go down for corporations because they think the economy is going to slow down. And therefore, they, they sell stocks, push prices down. Sometimes that's totally justifiable. Sometimes it's not. Okay? But in a pullback, everything is cheaper. The stock market is cheaper across the board. Growth stocks, value stocks, all the type of stocks that there are, they're usually cheaper in a general pullback of a market. That's when you really should be looking at stocks to buy. People have a hard time doing that because the stock has gone down, 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 down. How far down should you let it go? And this is one of the reasons, you know, why I, why we, KPP Financial and I, we buy good value stocks because we know value stocks have earnings. We know that the value, a, a portion means that it's now getting less, more and more valuable with the prices coming down. And you have to figure out well, what's a good sector to be in where we, and when you consider the economic cycle and what part of that economic cycle are you in too? Different economic cycles benefit stocks the most. For instance, in a recession, the depth of recession, depth of a recession that you're already in, growth stocks look pretty good. At the top of a market, value stocks look good, dividend paying stocks look good. You know, uh, so there's different. All you all you have to do is go onto your go onto your website, go onto the, your computer, and type in uh, economic and stock market cycles, and you'll see what I mean by what works and what doesn't work in different parts of the economic cycle. When I say what works and doesn't work, I'm talking about the stock market. What works and doesn't work depending on what part of the economic what part of the economic cycle you're in. So yeah, pullbacks generally are good and health restoring for markets. When people take time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here's Dempsey1124. He called up about GDDY. Is there any verbiage that he had left? Apparently not. Just wants to know about a stock. Let's see. GDD. It's GoDaddy. Uh, provides a website hosting, building, security tools, other associated business applications for smaller businesses. Okay. Uh, so GoDaddy, uh, its sales growth is in the single digits now, 3 4% in the last three or four quarters. Before that was in the low teens. They're going to make $4.51 next year. It's a $73 stock. For me, it's too expensive for what you have. They don't pay a dividend. It's a $10 billion, $11 billion company, uh, so it's not growth stock anymore, and I think it's valuations, you know, to say that it is a growth stock when it's not, okay? So I think we got a, it's been going sideways for some time. I, I wouldn't buy it. I, I'd stay away from it. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank, or if you're listening to us via our live stream... Uh, on AM 1220 and call in 888-99-CHART. The stock market is constantly changing and serious investors know 
that they need to modify their portfolio assets to fit the times. And now, with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on Investalk. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. A uh, longtime listener of the show here, I'm Matt from Minnesota. I have a question for you gentlemen, if you could help me out, please. I'm looking at, uh, I think it's an ETF. Um, the ticker symbol is WTI. I was wondering what you thought of it. It seems to be well diversified, as most ETFs are, of course, but I guess in the, a good sector that seems to be growing there. I believe it's in um, metals. And anyways, it uh, pays a good dividend. I was just wondering what your thoughts are of holding this for a growth potential for like a three, five-year long hold or so on it. Thank you for your help. Look forward to hearing your response on the show. Have a good day. Okay, well, WTI is not an ETF. It's an individual company, and you didn't help me by telling me what industry the ETF that you're looking at is in. I can't. I can look it up, the industry, but can't. Uh, WTI is W uh, and T offshore engaged in exploration production of oil, natural gas, primarily in the Gulf of Mexico. It's a very small company out of Houston, Texas. So it's not the it's not the company you wanted information on. So you're going to have to give me the name of the ETF or give me a better symbol, and I'll be happy to look it up for you. I really would. Okay, thanks. Appreciate the call. I really do appreciate the call. Google um, is being has been sued by the government, the U.S. government, uh, and it's an antitrust lawsuit. Um, it and the, uh, illegal and stifled competition, uh, illegally stifled competition, is one of the main allegations, uh, which is interesting. Um, you know, Google, they're massive, right? And they dominate. They do dominate, and probably they should do something to. To, to reduce them as a monopoly because they own 95%. They're 95% of the devices in the world, right? And, you know, they dominate horrendously um, the money, the advertising dollars going on the Internet. I think, I think they need to, I think it needs to be addressed. Um, what's really interesting for me is, you know, Google started really way back like 2001. And really what opened the door for Google to, get started as a startup like to, to really take off was the antitrust suit against Microsoft back then. <laughs> okay, because Microsoft, a lot of irony here. Microsoft was accused of the same thing, so they had to open up their web browser, and that's when Google stepped in. Now, we'll, now Google's got the same problem. So something's going to happen. I doubt if they'll you know, break up Google, but they might make them change the way they do business, and that could hurt their earnings down the road, and it probably will. Okay, let's take another crack at a caller voice bank question. This time it came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. It's Art from Tucson. I'm calling about Toro Company, TTC. Took a pretty big hit this last week and wondering if this is a good time to pick up some more shares. Should wait a while. Or um, the story on this uh, company and stock has changed to the unfavorable 
would love to hear your opinion on it. Thanks a lot. Listen on the podcast. Okay, well, they didn't like their earnings, and they, they fell down, fell 21% in one day. Toral, TTC, uh, they manufactures turf maintenance, landscaping equipment, irrigation systems, residential yard products. It's an $8.5 billion company, so a mid-cap, boarding on large cap. They make money, made money for a long time, grown their money pretty steadily over the years. $4.20 a share in 2022, dropped a little in 2000. The estimate for this year is only 408, and that might be coming down. Uh, but next year, they say they're going to bounce back to 472. It's an $81 stock, so the forward PE is like, what, 17, 18? And that's the low of its range. But sales in the most recent quarter fell 7%. Before that, they were growing two years every quarter in a row. Up, 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 up but not this most recent quarter. Uh, the yield, dividend yields 1.7, return on equity is very good at 36%, not much debt, management owns 2%, mutual funds, a huge amount, bought it in the last year, where there were 658 funds in a year ago, now there's 969. So institutions liked it. It looked like it had trouble getting above about 118 or so. That's, uh, that's where it has a lot of resistance, and it fell off. And now it's going to go back down to probably around 70. Okay, so that's where your range is, 70 to 118. It's at 81. I would wait. Let it calm down. You don't want to buy a catching. You don't want to try to catch a falling knife. Where you try to grab that in the air, it's going to cut your fingers. Wait till it falls, hits the ground, then you can go pick it up carefully. So wait till this falls, hits the ground, let it trade sideways or start to move up before you decide to get back in, to get into it. That's what I would suggest. Well-run company, though. On the next Invest Talk, we will look at the story behind the question, how safe is gold? The decision to invest in gold comes down to two factors. We will look at them both. That's tomorrow. For now, I'm just I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99 chart. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. 
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Rob from New York. I'm just calling to ask about your opinion on VOO. It's the Vanguard S&P index. Uh, it's an ETF. Basically, it's kind of a broad question. Since it's not a, a uh, an individual uh, stock, is it worth waiting out for a, a big pullback to buy into something like this? Or is it better to kind of just be buying in here and there, kind of dollar cost averaging? I see that there's some support at 400, but you know we're at 407 right now. I don't know. I mean, anything could happen, but is it worth waiting for, you know, this to come down a bit before buying? Or is it the kind of thing that since it's tracking the entire index, this should be something that I should be adding to uh, kind of progressively over time. Thanks for everything you guys do. Look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Yeah, VOO is the ETF for the S&P 500. And long term, yes, it's a very good ETF to own because you're owning 500 stocks. And I, I like that. Now, as far as when to buy it, the best time to buy it, and I've said this many times, is when in, we're in the deep part of recession where everybody hates it. Right now, it's near its double top. The last top had happened in December 2021, where it topped right around here. Uh, it, and it's starting to find some difficulty here. Um, I, personally, if I was looking at this, I'd wait for a nice, decent pullback. Um, in the 340s, 330 to 350 area, it's at 412 now. Um, I'd wait for a recession. What, you know, there's no big rush here to buy it. You don't have to run out and buy it right away. So I think I'd wait for a pullback myself. But a lot of people can't do that, and they can't pull a trigger when the stock is down. The second best thing is to dollar cost average in it. Just buy it every month. Every month, buy some more. Buy some more. Whether it goes down or goes up. Personally, if you're a long-term investor, you want it to go down for a number of years. But the problem is people stop buying at the worst time. They sell it at the worst time. So it depends on how disciplined you are. Okay? But... If you can't wait for a recession, then buy uh, buy it on dollar cost averaging because that's where most people can keep that up. Put it on automatic pilot and they'll do it most of the time. Okay. Um, I think you should know that whenever I can, I, I like to pay two in a row, and I think you've seen that. So let's go ahead and take another caller, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Kent in Texas again. I was calling for us old guys in their 70s that are getting long in the tooth. What I want to know is what y'all recommend us as far as our spouses, like mine of over 50 years, and as far as involving individual stocks and ETFs or mutual funds. Do y'all kind of tell us to get further into the ETFs and mutual funds and out of individual stocks when they're, we're this far down the road and way closer to the end than we are the beginning. All right, my friends, that's the question. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, I do suggest that, you know, as you get older, you want to take less and less risks because you're starting to, you know, you're switching from growth to income producing. Usually that's the path of most people in our 70 years and older. And my mine just turned 70, so I know what that's like. Um, so, yeah, uh, more conservative would be 
best, but it depends on your personality too and how much money you actually have. You know, and if you're worried about you passing away before your wife and can she maintain what you're doing, does she understand what's going on? You know, those are a lot of things, you know, that play, come into play. But I don't necessarily think you should get out of stocks, but you still you do have to have decent diversification. But, you know, at 70, I'd probably look at the bigger blue chip dividend paying stocks. At least that's what I'm looking at for myself. I'm waiting my portfolio to that. That doesn't mean I abandon growth. I don't. But, you know, I'm I'm waiting my my own personal assets to more conservative type position in the market. And we have a couple of those programs that are like that. One's an old bond program, which is pretty darn conservative. One's a bond and dividend paying stock program. That's pretty conservative. You know, so that's the kind of thing you probably should do. But again, it depends on you and your wife and how aggressive you want to be and do you want to, you know, how much work do you want involved here? You know, just want to set it and forget it? Well, that's possible. You can do that. 888-99-CHART. Consumers in the U.S. are going to hit a wall. That's according to an investor survey of 526 consumers. 50% say they plan to shrink their spending in 2024. Now, let me mention this quickly that most consumers are pretty fickle about what they say they're going to do and what they actually do. A lot of times they say, well, I'm going to start saving next year, and they don't. I'm going to stop spend less, and they still spend as much as they always have. So it's not always just because they survey and say that's what they're going to do doesn't mean that they will do that. Okay? Um, it's actually you know, contradictory what's really happening because right now they're not cutting back their spending yet. They're, you know, so they did say this was in 2024. And they are running out of all that COVID helicopter money. That's going to end really quick. And maybe they are going to spend less money next year. Uh, but I don't. I, when I read these surveys of consumers, I always take it a grain of salt because I know consumers are... Just they just don't. They'd say one thing and they do another quite often. Okay, so just be very careful. But that's what they're saying. We're now in September, the last month of the third quarter. So the year is moving pretty fast. It's can't believe it's the third quarter already. Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now about you know the market environment that we're in and how it's changed and continues to change over time. Um, so if you're a serious investor, you probably have noticed that, and you have to adjust to the reality of things. You've got to fit your, your own personal investment strategies to the times that you're in, and that's, that's kind of important so you can stay comfortable with your investments. So I'll remind you at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And what do we mean by that? Well, we'd like to think that it's always unbiased guidance, we try to help you and guide you without any owing anybody, any mutual fund, family, or anybody, anything. Just honest and guidance. And we also like to do parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. You know, same time, same percentage, and those kinds of things. Um, so it's something that we do on a constant basis. If you want to meet with us to talk about your portfolio and try to help you out as to where you are and how much risk you're taking? Well, we have to take a look at your portfolio. 
you know, to give you a free portfolio review and assessment. Every money manager will do that. Everyone. We're no different. The difference is we're not going to try to talk you into anything. You know, we're not going to tell you, well, you need to do this. You need to sell all this and buy all that. You know, we don't work that way. Look at it carefully and see where, see where you are in your life. And just like the previous caller, 70 years old, and should he start rethinking the type of investments. We will look at that. We'll look at your own background and what you what your goals are. So if you want us to help you, well, we will help you. All you do is call our Irvine, California office, KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Set up a, a, a telephone conference, Skype conference, whatever you want to do. Be happy to do it. We want to do it. So give us a call. This is Invest Talk now with over 55 million downloads. Thank you very much. And... You know our number, 888-99-CHART. Paul? Hi, Steve. Uh, doing well. Thanks for doing? taking my call. Thank you. I wanted to get your take on a particular stock that I was looking at. I have a balanced portfolio, and the company is Amphistar Pharmaceutical, and I just wanted to get your take on it and see what you thought about adding to a balanced portfolio. Okay. Amphistar Pharmaceutical is in Rancho Cucamonga here in Southern California. I worked there during college in a grocery store at night uh, in Rancho Cucamonga. It's out in uh, east of L.A. Uh, develops, manufa- develops manufactures generic and proprietary injectable uh, inhalation and intrans- transnasal products. Transnasal. It's a $2.5 billion company. So it's a small cap company. Makes money, has made money for a long time. It's growing its earnings pretty quickly. I mean, in 2022, it's, they're going to make $1.97. Uh, 2023, $2.70. 2024, $3.34. And growth is in the teens and sales growth in the teens. Uh, the PE forward PE ratio is 19, and it's 16 to 138 is a range, so it's pretty reasonable price. Return on equity is very healthy at 28%, and I really like that. I'm sorry, 21%, and I really like that management owns 28% of the company. So I, I kind of like that. Mutual funds own 60 plus percent. So there's not a lot of float out there, but this company still looks pretty reasonable, even at this recent pullback. I'm sure you've seen that. A decent, really good pullback will be around forty dollars. If you're waiting for that pullback, but I do like the company. Looks good. Okay, Paul. Thanks Great, for the thank call. You. Thank you. As you know, when people take the time to leave a Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes. We like to th- thank them for that courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here's from Buckeye1919. I was looking at Southern California, SCCO, Southern Copper, I'm sorry, SCCO for a long-term hold, but I feel like I may have missed my chance earlier this year. What do you think a good entry point would be on any potential pullback? So I like Southern Copper, have for some time. I like Copper's. Really, if you want to know the truth, I like the fundamentals, the background of the use of copper, the future use of copper, and that means electric vehicles. Okay, so that's one of the reasons why I like copper. Yeah, you might be a little late here because it has now a quadruple top at 80, and it's having trouble. It's $80.40. It's having trouble breaking through that, and earnings have been flat. 
not earnings, I'm sorry, sales have been flat for three quarters. And before that, sales were dropping. And not because they're producing less, it's because copper prices fell. So it's kind of subject to copper prices. It's a huge company, 62 billion, pays a 4.4% dividend. Uh, management owns 1%, mutual funds own 30%, and they're buying over the last year. 100 more mutual funds bought in the last year. So I like it. I like the fundamentals. I like it a lot. Uh, I don't think it's it's a fewer future forward P of 23, which is kind of in the middle of their range. I would like it a lot better if it got down to around $50 a share, you know, before I'd enter it. I don't think I'd enter here. I'd wait for a pullback. Okay. And hopefully you'll get one. September is supposed to be the worst month of the year, traditionally. Maybe you'll get it this year, this month. Maybe you'll get a decent pullback. I don't know. But I, I definitely don't think I'd chase the performance here. I would not. Okay, let's keep things moving and swing back to the Best Talk voice paint questions for another one at 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Jim from Miami. Thank you guys for all that you do. Today I have a question about Zynerba Pharmaceuticals, Z-Y-N-E. I hold this stock and they are merging with another company and I can get paid out $1.10 per share and also receive one CVR per share, or I could just sell it and take a dollar thirty right now for these shares. Um, I don't know much about CVRs, and I would like to get a little insight from you guys. Maybe you could talk particularly about this company, but if not, just CVRs in general and how attainable are the goals and what's the likelihood of me getting any money from these CVRs in the future, or should I just cash out, take my money and run? Thank you very much. I appreciate all you do. Have a great day. Well, for me, it would be take the money and run. This is a $71 million company that has never made money. Zenerba Pharmaceuticals, Z-Y-N-E, has virtually no sales, so everything's on the come here as to what they're coming up with. Develop synthetic cannabinoid cannab- Boydnoid therapies, cannabis, I'm assuming, therapies for the treatment of epilepsy and uh, neuropsychotic disorders. Okay, so it's being bought out. I take the money and run, okay? Uh, before today, uh, the stock was selling in, what, 30, 40 cents? Today, it's $1.33. I mean, I take the money. I'd be out of there in a heartbeat. They have negative cash flow. It just, there's not a lot to say why you should own this company. I don't know what they have on the back burner. The store, it's a story company. Story, it's a story when the company makes no money and has no, no projection of making money. It's all about the story. Well, story stocks fall just as fast as they rise. And so I take the money and run. I don't, I don't know anything about what the deal that they've had for a takeover about the other company. I don't really care. You don't know anything about that company. I don't know anything about that company. What we do know, we can lock in a pretty decent profit right now. And that's what I would do. This is the best talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, our work continues right after this break, as it always does. So get your question in now. 888-99-CHART. 
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, uh, another stock that I've owned for uh, maybe a year and a half and bought more last year when it was down was uh, Blackstone. And, uh, you know, they're pretty good dividend stock. I, they look like a really strong company. And Justin was, I think, commented on about, I don't know if I called in on it a few months back. And he's like, he didn't like it because, you know, the real estate thing came up with them. And they just look like a really entrepreneurial type of big, you know, financial company with a lot of expertise. But uh, as far as like price goes and trending on the stock, what do you, what do you see for them? And yeah. profitability in the future looks pretty good, but right now I'm not. The, co- sure the companies about it. ran very well, and you're right. You, you know everything you said about it. They are entrepreneurial. They are. This is Blackstone. Everybody. BX is the name. Uh, provides global alternative asset management and financial advisory services globally. Uh, I think the IPO market's going to start getting hotter next year. That will help them somewhat because they they do that. That's a big thing of theirs is IPOs and new taking chances. Their recent sales grew, sales growth was very strong, but before that, you almost had two years of shrinking sales, and that's kind of what the problem is. They, you know, I give, I'll give you an example. Last June. Their sales that, that that quarter was only six hundred twenty nine million, when the quarter before that was five point one billion. See, so that's why they're kind of erratic as far as, you know, because that's the kind of company they are. You know, they take a couple of companies public, they're going to make a fortune if those are successful IPOs. But it's a very well run company. They don't pay a huge dividend. They don't have a lot of debt, which is all you know, which is good. I wish they paid a little more dividend. Management owns one percent. Mutual funds are uh, been selling slowly off the last year. Uh, they probably are. They peaked out about 150 or so, um, 149 in 2021, uh, and then they fell all the way down to in the 80s, a little bit below the 80s, close to 70 something, 70 high 70s. Now they're 113, so they've made a pretty good comeback. Uh, I think if you like the company, it's it's going, it's a solid company. It's not going anywhere. But you may want to, at this stage, start taking a little bit off the table if you have more than you should. Because I think they're yeah. going to hit some headwinds. But I don't. I wouldn't get out of it. It's too good of a company to get out of. So that would. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Is um, sell some of my other shares that have. Uh, done a little better than break even now yeah. the higher price ones and some of the cheaper ones that i bought below like 90 dollars just right. hold on to those since yeah. i bought those later yep that's what i would kind of think thinking i think that's what i would do bill i would do i really do that because i think it's a good solid company justin does too by the way we've talked about blackstone he thinks it's too but it's pretty it can be very as i said the sales can be pretty erratic quarter to quarter but I don't. Yeah, you know, they've done it so well for so long. I don't think I'd worry about it too much. Appreciate the call. Okay, thank you. Okay, is housing going to crash? You know, I thought many times. I don't think it will, I, and I still don't. I don't think it's going to crash. But you know, housing prices are up five months in a row. Housing uh, started to slow in 2022. 
Okay. Prices are pretty near record. That median price is $406,700. Inventory remains pretty low. Tight. That's usually positive. Um, mortgage rates is seven on average last week is seven point four two percent for a thirty year fix. That's pretty high. Do you see the see the the yin and yang of all this stuff? Year over year, July sales declined by sixteen percent. But was that because of a tight inventory? That there weren't out there? You know. We have a three point three month supply of houses for sale. Normal is five to six months. We have 3.3. Foreclosures, 31,877. Mm. So the answer is I don't think prices, uh, I don't think housing market is going to collapse, but I think it's peaked. I don't think it's going in much higher. Or, uh, and I think the prices actually are going to start softening. That's what I think. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and please be sure to review and rate us if you downloaded iTunes. We would appreciate that. Okay? And check out our InvestTalk Classroom series, streaming now for free on your YouTube channel. Independent thinking and share success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.